0: Hello guys, welcome back to Board Draw, we are on episode number 31 um, and we're back, we're live in the flesh. Back in fresh garms, Lukey boy. Shout out Art of Football. Every time. it in their little clearance sale, man. Come on, Christmas You want to get yourself, yeah. mate, 25 quid. Bash! You're never going to find a better deal, yeah, so yeah, if fresh. you want, hop loads to Art of Football and do some sick stuff. Is Art of right?
1: Football, please send us some love, please! <laughs>
0: nah, um, Yeah. But yeah, no, we've had 2 weeks of football plus the FA Cup since our last episode, so we've got a lot to talk about. It's going to be a wham episode. Lots going
1: on. January transfer windows open. <sighs> Mate, there's it's some juicy, dodgy, deals on. Yeah. dodgy deals going on. Dodgy deals going on. About course to Man United potentially. My favorite thing is, do you know um, the clip of Mark Goldbridge where he's like, "Wow, well, cost? you sound like After you're from FIFA. You sound like you're from Harry Potter." Shout out Mark Goldbridge as well. I thought that was quite a good impression, you know. That wasn't bad. Um, Yeah, shout out Mark Goldbridge. Uh, Yeah, should we start with the dodgiest club about currently? Where there's no magic happening. There's just L's upon L's. And talking of Harry Potter, Graham Potter's Chelsea.
0: And he is stinking it up.
1: Yeah, he's lacking the juju. There's no
0: troll in the dungeon. There's a troll in charge. Because my man... (laughs) And do you know what? Yeah, I feel a bit sorry for him because actually in their first game against City in the league, I thought for 45 minutes so they were the better team. Yeah, 100%. I thought Chiquemica was unreal. He was good was he unbelievable. on. But Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Kai Havertz is... What a waste of money. Like the guy, yeah, he's useless. He, he's shitting link-up play. He doesn't score goals. Like what does he do? I tweeted from our board draw account.
1: I'm still a bit salty about this. I said... Kai Havertz, you absolute donkey. Woke up the next day, was expecting hella retweets of everybody agreeing that he's an absolute clown. We got our account suspended. <laughs>
0: suspended for speaking <laughs> facts. There's silence
1: in the truth. Silence in the truth. So I had to delete the Kai Havertz tweet. Um Do you reckon he reported it? Kai, come on the pod. We'll talk one-to-one if you want. But, um, we need
0: to give you some training as well.
1: I think that is a good... The Kai Havertz is a good segue into one of the issues currently at Chelsea. That they have on their books a plethora. I can name about five attackers, none of which suit Graham Potter, none of which are in form, and none of which are
0: kind of uh, competing for the Premier League level. You never. They no one in their attacking plethora gets anywhere near the starting lineups of Arsenal, of Man City, even of Liverpool. Probably not Spurs. And probably not Manchester United Honestly.
1: Either. Washed bamiang washed um Pulisic, and then I back um Havertz, but I don't think he is what He's Chelsea needs. Definitely not what they need as just a central striker. He's definitely not that kind of player. Um who else they got? Mason Mount. We've been big fans of Mason on the podcast. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm a I'm a fan of money, Mason. Um, we, we still are.
1: But he's been stinking it up and he's been getting
0: absolute pelters from fans all around. But you shouldn't expect... like he, He's not putting up num- numbers, yeah, that people yeah, want him to. Gone. But you can't expect him to when the players around him have got no end product. Stinking. And he's having to be the link up between the midfield and attack solely on, himself, on his own. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense. Another one, Raheem Sterling. I know they're unlucky against City to have him and Pulisic go off early on. Yeah. But, like... Raheem Sterling, I think it was, a, it was the right move for him to move away from City in the prime of his career to sort of become the star player, the main player. Yeah. But that transition is always going to be hard. I mean, you see, often see players go from playing in a pep system to uh, playing in, I mean, he's played on the two, uh, did he play on the 2 jewel? No, he only played on the uh, a Potter, but he's going into a Potter system, which is polar opposites to pep. Oh, who's really. that?
1: Havertz? No, Oh, Sterling. Sterling. Um, did he play on Tuchel? I don't know. Oh, maybe fucking like games. Maybe, yeah. It, but it was. But yeah, a couple of games.
0: But yeah, I mean, it's, it was always going to be hard. And I think there's been glimpses because he has, on occasion, looked their most dangerous player. He
1: is still a very talented player in the prime of his I, career. I think,
0: I think he'll come good. But
1: there's just so many problems at Chelsea. How they didn't reinforce in the midfield. They've kind of got a similar problem that Liverpool have where their midfield is so light and full of so many players either out of contract or hella old. And so there's like a. A disconnect between the forwards and the defence because the midfield just isn't good enough. you got Cantelli, who's injured now pretty much 100% of the time. You've got Jorginho, who's out of contract to the end of the season and is also past it. Kovacic, who's still quality, but out of contract to the I end of the season. So he was quite
0: good in both games, can see.
1: Zakaria looks good, but he's only on loan. So there's just a um, complete
0: lack of. It's a bit of a mess. Depth, and that yeah. leads us into the January transfer window. Hold on, another player who's shit, yeah. Hit him. Kulabali, bro. Oh my god! I'm oh. not being funny, yet. when when they when they lost Rudiger to Real Madrid, they were doing this I, with their And hands. I thought I thought you know what, Koulibaly's a pretty sim- like pretty good replacement because you've seen what he's done over in Napoli. I thought fairly decent signing, Probably, decent signing, but maybe Rudiger, a sideways step. But oh so lord, he is absolutely stunk up the gap. He's so so average, and he gives away so many what fouls. Rudiger
1: mate. did. Is was so common ball could do the playing out from the back, but he also drove into midfield so well and kind of split lines and beat the press so easily. And Cooley his like tech on the ball is so average. And so when you leave him to kind of split the lines with um, like a Van Dyke diagonal or push into midfield with the ball, he's average, mate. And he's getting found out. And these Chelsea fans that were like, yes. Rudiger to Koulibaly, what an upgrade. Now nah, you're you're in the in the trenches now.
0: Yeah, I just yeah, stinky. But going back to your point, moving into the January transfer window, there's a big rumour on the cards. A man from Spain, can he ease Chelsea's pain? I like that. Thank you.
1: Yao Felix. So basically what we've just said is Chelsea's front line is full of players that don't know their best position, all kind of think they're a number nine, but definitely aren't. And kind of they give Graham Potter this headache where he's like, None of you have a kind of set position. None of you are wingers, none of you are a forward. You're kind of all just a mix. And what do you want to do add to that? Another player that's exactly the fucking same position in Shao Felix, who doesn't know his best position. Is hella out of form at the moment, but these are all good and players. Yeah. Stupid money. Chelsea are covering his eight million pound wages, plus paying, plus paying eleven million pound to Atletico to get him on a five month. But do you know what
0: the best part is, yeah, I think maybe they thought they'll do that and then maybe get him on a permanent afterwards. They got no buy option. No buy option, and I think he's about to sign a contract extension at Atletico.
1: Honestly, I've been jealous of Chelsea. I said this in the pod way back. Where I've been jealous of Chelsea's success. In the past, what, like 10 years? What, a couple of Champions Leagues? A couple of Prems? It's been nice for Chelsea. But looking in as an outsider, you'd be thinking, what the fuck is going on?
0: I think it goes back to... Uh, we we released a TikTok, a little snippet of one of our podcasts, where well, you said, TikTok. if you're a Chelsea fan, go away for a couple of years. Go to Ibiza, go support a local Ibiza and club, and then just, you know... Come back in a couple of years and hope it's all good. Because honestly, this is going to take time. Time. A lot of time. And some sensible transfer windows, not which yet, yet. it's, not, gonna take it's not looking like it's It's happening. not going to take time and money. It's just going to take time. And yeah, use your fucking head. They're going out and they're spending so much fucking money on players like Aubameyang. What? They've got but- Nkunku joining in the summer, who's
1: another forward that doesn't know his best position. He's actually quality. I think that'll be a really good signing. And maybe once Potter starts clearing the dead wood and bedding in some of these new signings, it'll work. But you've got Nkunku on the books now. You've got Yao Felix. You've got Bamiang Sterling. You've got all these players, Havertz. What is going on?
0: Yeah, it's, it's not great. And. I, 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 they, what they need is a whole sort of restructure in terms of the the personnel they have playing for that club. They've got two keepers in Kepa and Mendy, who I don't think either of them know who's number one. Yeah, there's no clear number one, which I guess isn't always a bad thing because you want competition in that place. But you do want you want to have a keeper who's gonna play for you 38 games out of 38 game season. Yeah, because that creates a relationship with defense. It creates um, trust between them as well, which is super important. We looked at when Liverpool won the league, that de- um, trust between Alisson and uh, the defence was yeah. pivotal mm. um, to their success. And I don't think the swapping of keeper... I, I, Mendy fell out hard. He's just now off.
1: Now he's, he wants like a 300k a week contract. And imagine they give him that and then he's the reserve keeper. Or they don't give him that, he leaves. And then you're stuck with just keeping. you have to get a new... Ki- Keeper in, you don't know if you're getting a bench keeper or starting keeper because you don't know how good Kepper actually is. Because in that Man City game, we'll go on to Kepper. What was he doing for that goal? Do you see oh, yeah, Jack Grealish squared it yeah. across the box? Morris is at the back stick.
0: And he just sort of lets but it go. But just it.
1: watches it roll in front of him and he could have dived out and got it. And just, I think he just assumed there was no one at the back post, but Morris was there. And yeah. that's what Kepa's got. It's just so many errors. And that's the same with Mendy. Both of them are just catalogue of errors I think
0: both of them when they're banging form are Good. unbelievable keepers but yeah. they're so inconsistent and mm. that is like you say if you want to challenge at the top end of the table yeah. you n- need to have one of the top three keepers in the league Um that's the be all and end all of it Um you're looking at Liverpool Man City again Alisson Edison two best keepers in the league yeah. you've got Arsenal who got Aaron uh, Ramsdale that's it. I was about to say Ramsgate <sighs> Ramsdale um who's young but like he's absolutely on fire yeah so, Spurs with Lloris Spurs with Lloris yeah even Man United with David De Gea I know he's actually had a couple good games David De Gea it would probably or against Everton oh fuck me we were watching
1: that at the pub weren't we oh. yeah, so bad
0: yeah it's an embarrassing moment but yeah doesn't fill me with confidence um i think they've been unlucky in terms of their injuries with their wing backs reese james i wanted to get back fit and firing because when he needs a solid run because i yeah. really do believe he could be one of the, like he could be top three right back in the world yeah
1: i think that's the thing we've got to do with the whole chelsea conversation it's just kind of like asterix it with they've got fucked amount of injuries and they're getting more and more pretty much every game but even still they're just they're sinking fast. So tenth in the Prem, one win in eight Premier League games is not good enough. I think Graham Potter in his first like ten games is like second worst ever, the uh, Chelsea managers. So that's not good. I think he's just got a hope to God that the new regime in Todd Bowley gives him time. Gives him time. Which, from what I read in the media, that was like apparently one of his things when he came in for the interview was like if I don't get Champions League this season, if we go on a bad run of form, will I get the sack or will you give me time? And apparently he was told categorically that he'd be given time.
0: I think they're just going to say that though, regardless yeah, of yeah, getting yeah, in that's the very, door. Yeah, you know that's very I mean?
1: true. Like, It's like, how bad can you let the bad run of form go before you make a change? It's
0: probably very easy to make those sort of promises. until so, has got the fans on his back saying, yeah. we want Artucho back, which I, I think a few Chelsea fans were heard singing out. Mm. Um in their games over the past couple of weeks. But like you say, we've said this before, Graham Potter is a project manager. He's done very well, very, very well at Brighton. Um, But maybe this was a step too far. Who knows? And like looking back on it now, do you think like, we know we were shouting him for England. Are you sort of like, Less would you less want him less for England now? Or, no, nah, nah,
1: I'll still back him over Gareth Southgate every day of the week. Fair enough, fair I enough. I think so. And um, we did interestingly, I'll float this to the to the YouTube crowd and the Spotify crowd who, or however, you're watching. We did a poll on our Insta, follow our socials, where it was like, um, Do you want Potter in or out? We put it to kind of just everyone, not just Chelsea fans. And Potter out was actually. The um, majority, it was like 65-35 in favour of potter out, which I don't know if that's just kind of outsiders that aren't Chelsea fans kind of just smashing the out button. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'll put it out there. What do you think? Potter in, potter out. What's yeah, what's it's
0: interesting. About? I mean, yeah, I, 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 I'm a QPR fan. I don't mind seeing don't downfall of fuck. Chelsea. I'm all but about it. it is, bog- is mind-baffling to me because... They've spent so much money. It's kind of hard to spend this amount of money and, and be as bad as they are yeah. with like a good manager. Well,
1: that's what we're saying. It's all about sensible transfer windows, which is what Man United are starting to edge towards. That's what Arsenal have been doing for like, a, like two or three windows now. That's what Man City have been
0: doing for a, like a while. A tweet where was someone like there was a picture of the Man City bench and it had like all the players price tags on it. I saw that and fucked. like I think most people commented being like that's just good value. Like you look at the players on that bench like for the values they got them at it's not bad at all hmm. and yeah it's yeah I don't know Chelsea just need to get someone in who like would have they need some more direction yeah and they need someone who's going to work with Graham Potter in terms of bringing in the personnel that actually suits his like um, what's the term like his identity he wants to build towards yeah, for the his club style of play. his style of play yeah because they've um, got
1: a couple of men in the door they got that Sekou Fofana new striker looks good Benoit Badiashile, who if any if his time at Monaco was anything to go go by, he's a player.
0: I mean Chelsea aren't on a great track record of signing people from Monaco though, have they?
1: That's very true. Um so yeah, I don't know it's all a bit kind of all over the gaff. Like Benoit Badiashile and Seku Fafana, they're both young um signings for the future. They signed Chukwameca, so that's kind of the vibe. Um, what the fuck was that <laughs> that's a fucking shed doors ringing but oh um, God. so yeah that's a future vibe but then they're doing like big money on Yao Felix big money on Nkunku. what the hell the Abamyang sign has got to go up there I know he's probably they got him like on a free or whatever it was like barely anything um, transfer money wise that's got to be up with one of the worst transfers ever he is so shit <laughs> and I love it as well because he came back and he did the whole had an Arsenal top and then dropped it and had a Chelsea top. I was like, "You're a waste, man."
0: Yeah, yeah I just it is what it is. Yeah, Chelsea, sucks to be you right now. But it I time. guess you can't complain because you had a pretty decent run. So this is welcome to welcome to reality. Yeah, welcome, welcome. to reality. Yeah. Um, should we move on to Man City or should we take a little break and in take a little break and then take talk a little about break? The Premier League, League champions. champions. Will they be that again? Not this anymore.
1: Year? No, Jake. I don't
0: know. I'm scared. Manchester City. I'm going to start off. Fucking how the fuck you draw against Everton, yeah? I know it took a Damari Gray wonder goal. It was an absolute Fucking belter, mate. But...
1: I think they're categorically the worst team in the Prem, Evan. I
0: thought you were about to say Man City. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Southampton have been fucking dire underneath. Yeah, we need Jones. a Southampton
1: versus Everton just to kind of figure to establish, out the worst. Yeah.
0: I see good things in Everton sometimes. but oh, like, I see literally nothing. Very limited. Apart
1: from this game. Because to go to the Etihad, where City, they've made that an absolute fortress. It, it, the atmosphere stinks, but on the pitch, City dominate the fuck out of any team that goes to the Etihad. So for Everton, who are in an absolutely dire runner form, Frank Lampard is pretty much one loss away from getting the sack. For them to go there, go 1-0 down pretty early doors to a Haaland goal, you're thinking, fuck me, this is going to be a long day. Yeah. And I had Haaland in my fantasy team captain. I think everybody probably did. They see him fatty or... 1-0 up, Haaland scored already, and you're thinking, yes, I don't know what's happened, but the hat-tricks have dried up. We're feasting today. And then for them to just dry out, Man City get nothing else, and then Everton to get an equaliser. We got to t- Firstly, we've got to talk about Man City, and then we'll talk about Everton.
0: Yeah, so... One thing for me, like, Erling Haaland, yeah? And by no means would I never, ever not start him because he is a freak in nature. He, 21 goals already in the Prem. I think he's only gone three games in the Premier League without scoring this 21 season. 21 goals already. Which is mental. We're only
1: played 19 games.
0: Yeah, it's insane. He's going to absolutely smash the record. But are Man City... Do Man City play worse football with him in the team? Because I think they might do. So where is the trade-off? Like because when they play with Julian Alvarez as their sort of number nine,
1: yeah, like they did against Chelsea in the FA Cup.
0: I feel like they are a better team. They, hundred percent, they control the game more. They press better. They, they're more creative in terms of their attacking output. So how do you balance that with the fact that Erling Haaland is just going to score goals every game, no matter sort of what, like what, how bad Man City play?
1: Yeah, it's a hard one to juggle, isn't it? Because like you said, the Alvarez starting up top. And then, so in the Chelsea game on the FA Cup, they had Foden on one side. And I think they had Mares on the other side. Yeah, Mahrez on the other side, yeah. That's a very fluid front three. Foden can tuck into um, the central areas. De Bruyne will go out or, I don't know, fucking Foden will go on the other side. Bernardo will go out to the left. Very fluid. And it's hard for defenders to kind of follow that movement. But when you've got Haaland up top, you know Haaland's gonna be up top. You know no one's rotating into the middle because Haaland's always gonna be in the middle. So as long as you are compact around the centre of the as uh, the centre of your bots, because you're gonna get fucking penned back. As long as you're compact, you should be fine. Obviously, Haaland's hard to manage. He's fucking wham. He's so quick. And he's
0: always in the right area.
1: yeah, his his like attacking positioning know. is outrageous. But as long as you're compact, you kind of track his runs. You give yourself a chance. And don't what yeah. Everton did played three at the back with full backs that were pretty much um centre backs as well. So it was like five at the back, compressing in the um in Central their box areas, yeah. They just kind of squish him out of the game because they've just got so many people in and around the box. And when you're not moving the ball quickly, you're not playing that fluid front line that City do without him, it's kind of it's not easy. But it's more manageable, more predictable, the passes that you've got to cut out. And so, yeah, going back to what we're saying, is he a help or a hindrance? He's definitely not a hindrance because he scored 21 goals. He's fucking like a million goals ahead of anybody else in the league. But is the formation they're playing, which is like a 4-3-3, the best answer? Maybe a 4-4-2 where you've got him and Alvarez, which I think they did a little bit in pre-season,
0: and I think that's what it, they yeah. did
1: against Liverpool in the uh, Carabao Community, Cup, yeah. uh, the Community, Community Shield, Shield that they lost. Yeah. They had them two up top. And I think I like the idea of that because then defenders don't know who to track out of Alvarez and
0: Haaland. Well, you're giving Haaland someone closer to him who can then drop off and make that space yeah. for him to run into. Whereas at the minute, you've got a man marking Haaland and you've got a man occupying the areas in which the crosses or the uh, the passes will play into him. Hmm. So they're, they're cutting their... We said this before, how do you stop Haaland? I think it was after he scored, like, was it three hat-tricks (laughs) back-to-back? Fuck. So, we literally had a good segment of being like, how do you stop him? And we both came to the conclusion, the way you stop Haaland is by stopping the service. And I think that's sort of what teams are looking to do now. They're pressing the deliverers of the ball quicker. They are also cutting off the channels into feet so that he can't receive those balls. But the ones that you can't defend against are the ones where Kevin De Bruyne will pick up the ball and there will zing it between two players, and Harland's too quick and too yeah. uh, too big to be held back. So he gets past his man, and he managed. It's like the perfect ball. You can't, You can't. It's an undefendable goal. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you can't. You can't mark the entire width of the pitch. Yeah, and even then, he'll still find a way to get it over you. So,
1: and that will happen a couple of times a game because you've got De Bruyne, who is the most creative player in the world at the moment and you've got Haaland who's probably one of the best finishers in the world and one of the best kind of attackive runners but that will only happen a couple of times a game and yes they score like they did in this game they get one but as long as you're resolute enough as a defensive unit you can cut those, cut those out you and you're asking the a lot from De Bruyne yeah. to do that
0: all the time yeah you limit you limit the chances and you can frustrate a city like that um, but yeah I, I like what you're saying I think potentially looking for a way to involve uh, Julian Alvarez a bit more would be interesting. Maybe they go to like a, I don't know how it'd be like a four-two-three-one, but you have like Rodri as that holding midfielder, mm. and then you have like De Bruyne sort of in that eight role, and then play Alvarez like in like a really really advanced ten role, so yeah. he's just behind maybe, or you maybe look to play sort of like an asymmetrical four-three-three, three where Julian Alvarez plays uh, one of the wing and wing roles. Yeah uh, but they're playing tucked in kind of like Salo, so yeah. So you shift the weight of the pitch one side and then maybe with the likes of someone like Joao uh, Cancelo who's brilliant going atta- uh, forward mm. you can free up space for him to one side or you could shift it to his side so he's got more players to play around it it's really interesting uh, dynamic to look at maybe but you've got the likes of Phil Foden, Bernardo Silva, Jack Grealish, Real of attacking
1: talent. Yeah. But- you should call Palmer as well. You've really got, impressive. I really liked him in the FA Cup. Really, car. really, really direct um, and very yeah, good. You've got a kind of question... You can't question Pep because he's an absolute genius of the game. But with the amount of attacking talent they've got, when you've got Haaland on 21 goals, De Bruyne on like a million assists, you should be able to break down Everton at home.
0: I think this conundrum sort of is an answer to why I'm, I still think City will win the league because... You look at, they have, so they start the game, they've got Erling Haaland up front and it comes to 60 minutes and it's not working and they're playing really compact. You bring on Julian Alvarez and whether you take off Haaland or you keep him on and then just like, then you've got a whole nother dimension to your game. Whereas yeah, for Arsenal... Well, I was going to say, we're
1: not actually covering Arsenal in this podcast, but that was what we had as an issue when we played Newcastle. We were the dominant team, Creating so many attacking opportunities, but once you haven't got any options on the bench to change your style of attack, Newcastle kind of just sat back, defended well. They managed Saka, managed Eddie, managed Martinelli, and we had literally nothing on the bench. So they just looked at it and thought, "We'll just defend this out for a nil-nil, and we can break them down." Whereas, well, like, yeah, that's it, it, it. Like, like I wouldn't call
0: Arsenal's play one-dimensional because it's not at all, but. They don't have a player off the bench who can come on and bring a different dimension to yeah, their 100%. game. And so maybe... And uh, the, we've said this, and I think a lot of Arsenal fans agree, they need another striker in, particularly with the injuries of Gabriel Jesus. But Gabriel Jesus and uh, and Ketia aren't two completely different players. The, I think Arsenal need someone a bit more in the likes of someone like a Mitro. A big old w- Weghorst. Yeah, about a Weghorst mate could be the one. Yeah, but no... But,
1: I've got a it's note in about intro here for later. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, yeah, I think I agree. I think it's always nice when, like, we used to have the Alex Lacazette, Bam Yang situation, and then we had Giroud as kind of like a um, backup to when we had Lacazette. So they're very different kinds of players. Lacazette's more link up, intricate, into the box finish, whereas Giroud is. He's he's more than a target man, but he he's, is very, that, he's
0: unbelievably But he is but, that target man yeah. that you can switch up your style he's of play with, like
1: he? lofted crosses instead of fucking drilled crosses to the near post or whatever. But yeah, so I agree. City off the bench, they've got a plethora of options, and they that op- then option should have been breaking down Everton.
0: Yeah, no, and I th- I don't I I think it's a freak result, really. Yeah. Fair play um, to Everton though. Yeah, that's fair a play Good because one point out and that that's good shows for was, Arsenal. Like that's the sort of result which will keep you in the league because if you, yeah. they can take that and go on and be and then, you know, we fucking held Man City's or one or draw. Like probably the most scary team in the league to go play. Yeah, you use that as like a benchmark, didn't you? So Lampard, shout, out,
1: shout out shout out to Everton. Shout out the Toffees, man. That is uh that was good for Arsenal because it kept us five points clear.
0: Even after your Newcastle result. Yeah. But, it was- um, yeah, no, I mean, but for Frank Lampard, I I can't yeah. see him seeing out the season to be honest. Not nah, even can I. There's shouts of Wayne Rooney. I've seen. I like the idea of Wayne Rooney or Dyche. I think Dyche could be a really good one. Tarkovsky's there. Connor Cody very much a, like the mold of his sort of player. Doesn't have really the big men up top though. No, eh, but who's mean? to say that Dyche couldn't play Pep Guardiola level of football? We never. I seen watched.
1: Him. Uh, do you um watch the coaches' masterclass? Co- master yeah, yeah, I watched
0: yeah. the Dyche one. Am
1: I it it was uh, when he got like a, the win against Liverpool. He could be
0: a Premier League manager.
1: He could be. He, could, he should come on the pod impart some of his knowledge. But um, yeah, I don't know. Just, he's definitely got kind of like tarred with the Burnley brush in that everyone thinks, oh, he plays Route 1 football, Brexit ball. But I reckon in there, he's got kind of different style of play that if he did go to Everton, there's definitely more technical man than there was at Burnley. And would turn Alex
0: Wyby into the Ballon d'Or winner we know he is
1: yeah bless him he got injured didn't he yeah. sad times but yeah I mean yeah but I agree I think Frank Lampard's days are numbered
0: I, I definitely agree Fat Frank you better get roasted but yeah I've seen Everton fans uh, I've seen graffiti which says we want our raffle back like that's when you know you're in the trenches yeah the guy yeah it's just all a bit weird another team with a big transfer window coming up but I don't think they've got a lot of money to spend So, (sighs) scary times to be an Evertonian. Um, What's next on the agenda? Spurs. Shitty Spurs. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're shit. Lost 2-0 to Villa and then absolutely smashed Crystal Palace. When we were doing our predictions, I fully said,
1: I think they'll get one good result and one bad result. And they'll use that as kind of like a get rid of all the negative thoughts with the good result and then they'll get straight into a bad. But I fucking got it the wrong way around. I thought they'd beat Villa and lose to Palace. But anywho, you're hosting at your new shiny stadium, probably the best stadium in the world I'd say at the moment. Yeah. Definitely. Um you're hosting Unai Emery's Aston Villa. He's never actually lo- lost to Spurs in his time at Arsenal or I don't know if he came up against them with Sevilla. But um yeah, yeah, absolutely thumped 2-0
0: and it should have been more. Yeah. They were all Villa were all over Spurs. I genuinely thought after this game we were going to see like a... It wouldn't have been super, super shock, but I thought we were going to see like the announcement. You know where the picture with the corner flag. Time to go. Yeah.
1: And then you've got the likes of Jamie O'Hara, who's been fucking
0: all over Spurs.
1: Obviously a Spurs fan, but he's been like, oh, we had the best transfer window ever. We're going to win the league. And then they lose to Villa. And he's like, I can't handle this anymore all the players aren't good enough. And he listed out all their squad and he was like, not good enough, not good enough. And I was like, bruv, you said like a couple of months ago that you had the best transfer window going. So, he's, he's, what these flip-flopping like a little bitch. Uh,
0: yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's bad. So, yeah, I don't know, Spurs. dire performance against Aston Villa. Um, and then
1: and the Palace game was nil-nil at half time yeah. as well. And so I think even that game, they weren't great. And then Palace kind of just capitulated. I
0: think what this goes back to, and we said this before, they are relying on their top players like Kane, like Sean, like Kulisevsky, yeah. even like Richarlison from time to time, um, to have unbelievable games. And luckily enough, Kane had an absolute blinder this game. Yeah, um,
1: Kane's been carrying them, even in the um,
0: even in the FA Cup. Who do
1: they have in the FA Cup? Fuck knows, Like Peter Portsmouth. Murr. Portsmouth. That's he scored the one. an absolute. And he scored a screamer, screamer in that yeah. game, and it's like any team Man United are linked with Harry Kane as well. I, Not that he'd ever um, go. I, I was going to tweet that he, he wouldn't leave for a yeah,
0: money team, talks, mate. That's imagine, true. imagine going from playing from fucking Antonio Conte's shitty pragmatic football to playing a little yeah. bit. Um, Ten Hag is a little bit pragmatic in the way he plays, but it is a bit more free flowing. But
1: you can tell Ten Hag, yeah, would allow Harry Kane to have more fun they'd be more attacking could up. you
0: imagine if you left Spurs and then the next season went to win the league with Man United
1: God, then Spurs and Arsenal fans can do that meme where it's like that and it's like yeah. your best striker leaving to Man United to win the Premier League oh, mate, you, have
0: you just seen it the future have you come to the future if I've,
1: I've made like a, a viral meme just off the, the cuff but um, yeah like you said Spurs are getting carried by pretty much one world cast player Son is having probably his worst Premier League campaign ever at the moment. Kulusevsky's in and out of injury. You've got a midfield of Hoyberg, and I think they played Skip, who's shit. of a skip, mate. Um, so, and then you've got a defence who, fuck me, couldn't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. They're shit. And then you've got Lurice in goal. Douglas Weiss has like a pot shot from like 30 yards and he spills it and then Ollie Watkins scores a rebound. So you've got a Goalkeeper that's fucking dog shit. Defenders, all dog shit. Midfield, dog shit. But you've got Harry bloody Kane. Do you know that um, meme of... Who's it? Lee it's Judges. Lee Judges. Yeah. Harry Kane's done, done it again. Yeah, done it again. That nah. is literally how I feel every time I see Spurs get out of the gutter because Harry Kane is just a little bit too good. Harry Kane's actually
0: having a really good season. Yeah. He's gone quite undercover because of one man named Erling Haaland. Um, for Spurs, I, do you know what? This, I don't see Conte leaving before the end of the season, but nah, it, if won't. you're looking to the future, it's looking grey because it's you're going to be there. They're about for top four every year with Conte probably, hmm. but it's not exciting. It's not regenerative, regenerative, what? because then they're not they're not building like when Harry Kane oh, now leaves. short term. If, if Harry Kane leaves they haven't got anyone in that essence. If Son, Richarlison, Leeb, no one in that essence. they bought in players like Sessignon yeah. from Fulham a couple of years ago and he's made his way into the first team a little bit, but he's not really it. Jed Spencer bought it from Middlesbrough. He can't get a sniff. Conte must he can't, fucking he must He him. must be absolutely shagging Conte's daughter <laughs> ragged, me, because he's... He's a yeah. like, I know from personal experience. He's a fucking good player. I've seen him in the championship enough. Yeah, he's the FA yeah, club, yeah, he's he's an excellent, excellent player. Like that talent isn't just because he's in the championship and it's a shit league. And or whatever. especially
1: because it's not like you've he's competing with world class fullbacks. Spurs have probably got the worst fullbacks in the league. Product Emerson, Emerson Royale should be
0: Emerson Royal should be nowhere near the Premier League. I've, he stinks it up every game. And
1: so yeah, it's not like Jed Spence has got much competition. Just give the kid a run of games and see what happens.
0: Yeah, it, the transfer policy at Spurs is I, like I like the I like the idea of the Bersuma transfer, and yeah. I don't think it's I don't think I wouldn't say it's not worked out because I think he's had good spells. Yeah, it's to be judged. But he's had in and out bits of the game but the formation we said this the formation yeah. we said this it does not suit the players that Spurs have and but they've sort of forced themselves into playing it by bringing in copious amounts of wing backs they're trying to implement Perisic into this formation as a left wing back uh left wing back or he plays both doesn't he yeah but probably left wing back maybe. yeah because yeah. he has played out on the right but they're, they're forcing him in I, and I, I rate Perisic as a player I, even, even at his age I think he's an excellent uh, as a winger. Have. but then yeah Son's having a shit season alright go to a four three, three three. even if you play Perisic just as fucking like a left back yeah a bit more of a progressive left back or go into the market and get an actual like solid left back because Ryan Sessignon is not a left back um, Perisic is not like a like a four four two left back no he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't play as a left Davis back in a 4 there. but yeah get Someone in, like, I-, I can't even name a player right now, but, you know. Just someone fucking solid at defending. Yeah. Like I know. And then build him the field, yeah. Have that pivot player. Have Basuma do the dirty work. Let him be your pivot player. And then you get a decent eight in. And this is easier said than done, but they could have had Christian Eriksson. Would have been ideal. boggles my brain yeah. they didn't get Christian Eriksson play with two eights who allow you to um, link up with Harry Kane better and then you will see you will see the benefits because at the minute you're playing negative football and you're relying on moments of magic to see you through a season of the Premier League and it's not going to last forever because yeah, it doesn't not last.
1: sustainable. If Harry Kane leaves they're fucked and they've got to a stage now where I saw a tweet where it was like um, if Harry Kane was to get sold this window how much would he be on the market for? And I replied saying 80 mil which is I don't know. It's kind of just like a rough guess. I think he would not-
0: be looking about 120. Even at his age.
1: At this age. Who's that? We, Dave, we've but, se- we
0: said this before. There's the number nine market, especially for a player of Harry right. Kane's calibre. It's hard. And like you've seen the likes of Luis Suarez and uh, Lewandowski's gone to Barca, but he's old. Mm. You know, there aren't, there aren't a number of good number nines out there. Yeah, it's true. Like that's why Man United look at it their cost. That's what I'm saying like Arsenal need a number nine but who do they go for like they're the best number nines in the Premier League yeah you're looking at Harland you're looking at Gabriel Jesus and you're looking at um, Harry Mitro. Kane and then you're looking at Mitro, Tony all these yeah, men yeah, yeah. Dominic Solanke's in the conversation Yeah. so yeah um, right well that rounds up a little bit of Spurs we'll be right back at you with some Premier League football because that's what we haven't talked about for the last 20 36 minutes
1: one little thing before we move on to the next topic Fuck Spurs.
0: We are back. Bosh. And we are heading to Craven Cottage. Because what a season Marco Silva's boys in black and white are having. Mitro leading the line. Outrageous. are doing what he does. And yeah, it's, it's, it's turning into one hell of a season. But Leno, just...
1: Yeah, it's a combination of quality managing for Marco Silva, who... I think we knew it from his time at Watford, is a good manager. And I don't think he was that bad at Everton, but I'm not really sure what happened. Did he have a bad run of form and they sack him? Or something went wrong and Everton they have, him. have had a good history and of And Everton, I think, are just a bit of a topsy-turvy club. They have no stability there. So I don't think that shone any bad light on him. And like we've seen, he's come back to Fulham. He's a very clued-up manager, got them promoted. And I think... So we were just chatting off camera about how... We need to talk about the relegation battle, and we kind of need to review who we thought was going to be in there. Because I think we both had Fulham to get relegated. I think in our predictions, I definitely did.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I think I picked all the uh, all the new promoted teams. And Fulham, big Fulham, are currently seventh in the Prem.
1: From their last nine Premier League games, they got five wins, two draws, and two losses. And those two losses are to Man City and Man United. So, all in all, very, very solid work from Marco Silva's boys. As a,
0: um, you might not know this, I'm a QPR fan. And as a oh, QPR yeah. fan, looking towards what, you know, we started the season where we were hoping for a good thing with yeah. Michael Bill, obviously as that happened. We've just been knocked out of the, uh, the FA Cup by Fleetwood. And um, following my seventh in the Premier League. Bournemouth are uh, having their second season... Uh, sorry, Brentford having their second season in the Premier League. Um, they've got great players and they'll probably stay up again. Mm-hmm. And we're stinking up. So I'm just I'm just saying, yeah. Les Ferdinand, get your shit together, man. Because we, we need to... If you want me to come over and do some business... Yeah, we we'll need a Premier
1: League done. of just London clubs.
0: Because, honestly, we're getting left behind and embarrassed. 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 And this is what happened in the past. Chelsea got away from us. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that's just my little section about QPR. No, I'll know. back
1: it. I think, yeah, like I was saying, a lot of people, me included, had them to go down. We kind of compared them to when they came up the season before last. It was just splash the cash. Kind of not very wisely.
0: John Michael Sely.
1: Exactly that. And also they had Metro. You know, he's playing
0: for Hull now.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird. He was linked with Arsenal. He was meant he to Fulham. be like the next big thing yeah, coming he from was right meant to be France. Sick. Already, yeah, but yeah, everybody was talking about Fulham coming up and how Metro stunk it up last time he was in the prem. So everyone kind of just, I assume, just went back to how Fulham did last time and just like copy and paste it. But Marco Silva, unlike the Fulham that went up last time under Scott Parker, they're playing very much to Mitro's strengths. They have
0: an identity.
1: They've got. One super creative player in the middle in Andreas Pereira, who unbelievable could signing, could just feed balls from any. He's he's like Kevin De Bruyne a light. He'll just take up any position amongst the attacking third, and just so nicely whip balls to Mitro, and Mitro's finishing is. One of the best. That's the surely
0: got to be up there with one of the signings of the summer because yeah. he didn't really get a sniff at Man United. Exactly. And everyone thought, oh, they're buying him because, like, he, you know, he's... Just a name, ed- yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not really a name. It's like, oh, it's an next Man United Academy. Exactly. Like, yeah, but he's he's, a, he's an absolutely phenomenal player and that is a shrewd, shrewd bit of business. So, round of applause for well, you. Well done.
1: It's shrewd business, which they didn't do last time. So, they're formation is playing to Mitro it's generating um, chances for Mitro it's not generating chances for the wingers or anyone else on the pitch it's just generating Mitro as many chances as he needs to win us this game and you've got Pereira that facilitates that you've got wingers in I don't know Willian who stunk it up at Arsenal but he's a good chance creator he's
0: he's actually been really good Um, Decold over
1: over Reed's quality so you've got these people that are all pretty much their it's like kind of what I liken it to is like Messi in the um, World Cup. It's like all these players are just there to facilitate Mitro, just give Mitro chances. None of them are really like, oh, I'm going to be the star of the show. They're like, just let's create chances for our target, man.
0: Do you know sure what, though? You, as much as you say that, I actually think if they were to lose Mitro, I, I, that would be a massive blow. But I think the, the core and the structure of their team is such that they would still be okay. Yeah, yeah and I think like, so. And I have no doubt that their shrewd summer business would carry on and they would actually sign someone who probably wouldn't be to the level of Mitro because Mitro's been that sort of Serbian wonder kid for a long, long Mm. time. But uh, yeah, I I think he is just good though. His
1: Mitro could come out of that. It's like, but the formation, even if it's not Mitro, it's still the the style of play is generate chances centrally for our number nine it doesn't need to be yeah you go from
0: scoring one in three chances to one in five
1: yeah exactly so whoever their number nine is at the moment it's Mitro they just generate chances centrally for them and Mitro like we said is in outrageous form one of the biggest handfuls in the Prem um so yeah I think their quality and then you go defensively Jaupelinha outrageous signing one of the best DMs currently in the Prem and then you've got a back line who... I think everybody just turned their nose up at, like, Tim Ream and... I don't know who else they got in that back line. Anthony Robertson. Um, fuck knows. Yeah, I can't remember now. And then they, they got, Leno, um... they've got a solid unit. Prem Proven Bern Leno. You've got Tim Ream, who... He's old now, but he's decent. And then, yeah, so you've got a very solid unit that... I think a lot of people are kind of underestimating... They don't give up too many chances. With João in front of them, it's hard to break down. And then, yeah, you play, not route one football, but you play, you play kind of attacking football that's kind of laid up centrally for a number nine like Mitro. And I think you're laughing.
0: Yeah, they've got Diop. Diop from West Ham? Yeah, that's it. That's the one, Diop. So, yeah. Um... So Prem Proven. And
1: then you've got Prem Proven, Leno. Yeah, it's a very solid unit that's been put together very smartly by... The Fulham... Board. Barsch.
0: Yeah, so f- respect what it's due. They've done very well. Um But yeah, I mean, they are sat seventh in the table. Mm-hmm. They've got the likes of... So they've got Arsenal, Man City... Who's in third? Newcastle. They've got Tottenham, Man United, and Liverpool ahead of them, right?
1: I think so. Is
0: that, is that it? Bet, was that sixth? Anyway, but they've got the likes of Chelsea in tenth behind them. There's a lot of teams around. Like it's going to be tight. Whether they can hold on to that sort of second position, I think anything around tenth is a phenomenal. Top half is quality for them. Yeah, you can't like you can't. And what and they need to do, then, and you build on it. Yeah, that's it. And often we do see teams with um, in the Premier League second season syndrome, mm. where they've they've secured their first season, which is the hardest season. Yeah. But then a lot of teams. Misuse their money basically that money from staying in the Premier League, yeah. Um, and yeah, so it will be a big, big ask, you know, to uh, to improve on what they've currently done, yeah. But Summer
1: will be big. It's like they can't lose Jao Palina. They they probably might lose Mitro, but they'd be better off not losing Mitro. Andreas Pereira's had a quality season, they they'd be won't. better off
0: not losing Mitro, they would be better That's off not losing Mitro,
1: yeah. Chop that up, um, but yeah, no. Uh, They've got big players that they they need to keep.
0: If you're if you're Fulham now, yeah, uh, and you know how sort of desaturated the market is for quality number nines, we, we literally just spoke about it. Are you already putting in to process like a backup plan for yeah, if Metro, like come to it, yeah? Say we hear what January thirty first, Is thirty first, mm. last day of the transfer window. Yeah, the thirty one days of January this year. I don't, I don't, God, there is indeed every year, but. Are you, say, like, fucking, I don't know, Chelsea or Man United, Arsenal, come into Real Madrid? Come in, come I'm Mitro just throwing out names. Madrid, but they just fucking it. come in, they go, right, 70 million for Mitro. Get him out. You take it. fucking. But it then, the then, I think they've done enough this season already to stay up, but it could be a very quick decline. You've got to have that process in play already. As soon as you they got promoted, they've got to be thinking right. Who are our targets for if Mitro does leave? Yeah, because he is a massive part of the team. And I know I just spent like the last ten minutes telling you that they're better. They're 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 good without him anyway. <laughs> but he is he is unbelievable. He is.
1: But I think that leads on to the question: Why has he not got that bigger move to? Uh, higher up the prem team, go on, you get that open son. Um, why has he not moved to a a better prem team? Why is? And we've been te- screaming about Chelsea and how they've signed fucked number nines for like the past five years since Diego Costa. Why haven't they gone in for Mitra? He he strikes me as a very much a Graham Potter player.
0: If I'm R9, yeah, going back in the day. If you're, R9. if I'm R9. In, in modern day, right? Imagine best number nine in the world, untouchable. If yeah. we get hundred k
1: subs by the end of January, Luke's getting an R nine.
0: Oh If I was, <laughs> if I was, I would literally go nowhere near that Chelsea number nine shirt. Yeah, I first. would. I would do everything in my power to avoid that shirt. Yeah. So yeah, Mitro, if you're out there listening, stay away from Chelsea.
1: Yeah, but like, uh, he, even like Man United, I know they're in the market, and I think their top three targets are Harry Kane, Sesco, and I don't know. So I, you, man. I, I was going to say Woot Weghorst, but it's definitely not Woot Weghorst. It's someone... He's the Napoli Donny.
0: Oh, Oshimen. Yeah yeah, 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 that's the one. Is that him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't even know what you're talking about, but I just knew that he's a type that's of player. Why, that's want. why we've got it going here. That's it, mate.
1: But um, yeah, so Man United, they've got those three on the on their transfer targets. But Harry Kane, like we said, he's probably like eighty to hundred mil. I think is probably a hundred mil. And Cesco's just Wait, Are you, are you first telling me though? Are you Leipzig? telling me though that
0: you'd rather have Osherman than Harry Kane?
1: I think so. Osherman's like twenty four. Harry Kane's like twenty nine.
0: Yeah, but Harry Kane is good. He's he's gonna he be the good. Premier League's all time top scorer. Osherman is good. Yeah he is good. But like we've seen the likes of Koulibaly come over. I know he wants to send it back. Wants a striker, yeah. but he's absolutely stunk up. Like how yeah, good no, is there? I, I
1: agree. I agree. I, it, I'd take either of them if I was Man United because it's stinking up there.
0: It'll, yeah, I don't know, mate. I'd fucking have Mitrovic over Osman We'll put that out. Put,
1: the, put out. Put out, put that out want, to the people. Put, put that in a poll. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Why is Mitro not got that move?
0: I think it was due <laughs> like to. You must share the wealth. Sorry. I think it comes down to.
1: <laughs> so, sorry for all the jang We need
0: we need fuel. <laughs> it comes down to the fact that 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 sort of like first couple season with Fulham in the Premier League stunk, yeah. And where you saw a really good player, but he was getting like ten goals, and then. He went to the champion. Did he, Fuck remember. it! He
1: got like forty goals in. the championship. No, yeah,
0: I, I know. But did he? Ha- was he in the championship with them before? Where he also got like twenty something goals and he did really well. I, I can't remember. I'm, yeah, I might just be like been up for, him for a hot minute now. Gaslighting myself or something. Mm. But yeah, he he's always been a really really talented player, and you just saw that he's got a killer instinct for goal.
1: And he's just a handful. He bullies defenders. I love strikers. I just, That bully defenders. I think,
0: and it might go back to the saturation of the market prior to sort of the likes of Edison Cavani, Suarez, Lewandowski all getting old. Yeah. But there were more options, like... Andy Carroll. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Yeah. But, and maybe, maybe like, back in the day, I mean, Liverpool sort of, when Fulham were last in Premier League, they didn't need someone like that. Mm. They had that... You know they had the Firmino Mane Salah combo in yeah. absolute prime. Man City had Sergio Aguero. Um, yeah. Who did Man United have? <laughs> Lukaku. Big like, Rom. You know, you know what I mean though, yeah, like yeah, maybe. He's and just then wrong and place then you're looking time. at like Arsenal. They had like the likes of Giroud and maybe Lacazette, Abameyang. Yeah. So, to, maybe he's just not had the chance. Yeah. yeah. And maybe anything that was sort of that sort of level would be great for him that's what he's looking for but anything less than that maybe would have been like a sideways move mate if I was in charge of Chelsea recruitment he would have been my first suggestion yeah and I, 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 if I'm Arsenal right now I think maybe go for it but then you're looking at the, the longer term plan yeah Gary El- Jesus is going to come back in anyway and then is not going to be starting exactly, yeah. which is probably not what he wants no
1: exactly
0: but yeah it's an interesting it's a bit of a tricky one because you think he's always been good enough but and sometimes players look really good and I was going to say look really good in shit teams but Fulham are on a shit team obviously they're 7th se- in the league exactly yeah like, the only thing I can relate it to for me is uh, the season when QPR got promoted uh, under Harry Redknapp where um, Charlie Austin scored 18 goals and we got fucking relegated we were like bottom of the league we were shocking but he got 18 goals in that just terrible team um, yeah. Like Luke Remy as well. Remember yeah. Luke Remy? Yeah, streets number. forget. I
1: went to Chelsea and stunk it up in number nine.
0: Yeah, mate. And like, so you do get these players, but Mitrovic is consistently better than that. He, you don't score forty goals in the championship and stink up like Ivan. Mean, Tony, he, Tony broke the record, and then Mitro broke that record the season after. Yeah, Mitro is. And cute. we're seeing both of them sort of get the fruits of their labour. Like they're clearly two yeah, very talented players. Both
1: kind of certified Premier League level strikers now.
0: Yeah and we're just waiting for Mitro's betting scandal to come out. So
1: Yeah, it's mad that Tony is still cutting about I know he's injured at the moment, but it's mad that he's still playing. I don't know when that kind of I think there'll be thing.
0: one day where suddenly it's like because Bosh yeah you just it's, it is a bit weird I, that's a whole another video because mm. to be honest with you I haven't actually read into it that much I've just seen he's got about 200 million accounts against him <laughs> um, yeah yeah literally and I think it's all from back in his league one days when he was at Peterborough but yeah it, it'd be a shame if even as a QPR fan talking about a Brentford player it'd be a shame if he did have to serve a suspension for that because I think Joe, Joe Barton had um, two counts against him and was banned for two years yeah, he could be
1: fucked, I think.
0: Yeah, but I think Joey Barton went to Marseille, didn't he? That's, yeah. And served out there. He did that interview in French. But yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. But Fulham, Fulham, very good. Very interesting team to play. And they're beating the teams that they should be beating. I say they should be beating because that's where they're in the league. But they're beating teams like Leicester. Um, they beat Southampton, who are just poor. And we'll talk about that in a minute because Southampton are... It's probably not good, probably bro. the worst team in the league. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they are doing phenomenally well and all power to him. Congratulations. You've done yeah, well. Yeah, whole tight Fulham, you know. You must be very proud. But yeah. Should we uh take a little break and then round? Oh, we'll talk about a little bit about um Eric Ten Hag. Yeah, United, Ten Hag ball. Marky Rashford coming in fast and furious. And we'll also talk a little bit about Nathan Jones and Southampton and how he's a shit manager and the club's paying for it.
1: Yeah, it was a weird recruitment, I think, but yeah, we'll get on to that.
0: Eric Ten Hag, leading Man United, undefeated since um, the return of football after the winter break for the Qatar World Cup and they are looking good and with Man United's resurgence comes the resurgence of one Marcus Rashford and he is looking good. Unplayable, he is. And we watched the um, was it the Everton game where he started on the bench because he was late to a team meeting or something?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Came was on at half time, yeah, fuck knows what it was. Turned yeah, the
0: yeah. game around, he was unbelievable. He, I I really like Marcus Rashford, I like oh, him, man, I think he's a good it's person, so direct, so, he's a good person, and just a better football player, so direct
1: and aggressive. He's got that kind of mean streak in him at the moment where he just sees a defender and he's like,
0: I'm going to fucking skin you. Yeah, I'm going to make you go home to your family. They're going to have to look you in the eye after what I do to and you. And like,
1: as a Man United fan, not that I am one, but if you're watching him and then you see, I don't want to dig out Anthony because I feel like I would do it a lot. But if you see what Marcus Rashford is doing on one wing and then you look at the other wing and you see Anthony kind of just being so average in my opinion... Like, the Everton game, I saw him give the ball away, like, four times in, like, a minute. And he's just not direct at all. He just recycles the ball and then tries to jink inside. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to dig out Anthony because everyone and every team's got their own shit signings. And he's still young. He's still early goals. He's, he's been here for less than half a season. Maybe. He's got, like, a couple of good goals in games against Arsenal in Man City. So, he's not awful. But for me... From what I've seen, the eye test, everyone's like, you can't cheat the eye test. It's not doing it for me.
0: Yeah, and I think I've seen a lot of people talking about how one-footed he is, Mm. which if you played FM, you know that's not what you want because it's easy. You just just show him into their weaker foot. And he is a very tricky player. And I think something he's not given credit for enough is being in the right position because he... it was Marcus Rashford that he put the ball across and um, Anthony was in that position to put it in the mm. back of the net. He, he is actually very good at, like, when it comes to his attacking positioning. But I don't know if he is who, what they need. Um, no. And they've got if the likes of Jaden Sancho exactly. as well. Like, if you
1: get a fly in Jaden Sancho, I'd have him my rants every day of the weekend. Yeah,
0: I'd agree with that. Um, but yeah, Man United looking really, really good. And I but think yeah. it comes to, and as Marcus Rashford, come on quality. and he's we, we're seeing what we know is there but I think it all stems down to Kashmir I, I was
1: going to say for me he's been quality
0: and, and Luke Short centre back mate God, iconic yeah I, I I never saw that coming but yeah Luke Short centre back but Kashmir he's
1: instead of Shorberto Carlos it's more like um, Shordini
0: or something Mal
1: <laughs> Maldini that didn't work
0: <laughs> I thought you meant Troy Dini mate <laughs> whack him up front
1: come on but yeah um, um,
0: but yeah no it's it's working it's really working we're seeing the Ten Hag philosophy sort of coming that's what the word I wanted to say when I was talking philosophy. about Graham Potter earlier philosophy yeah I was going to say they want to sign players that suited Graham Potter's philosophy but I couldn't get the words out
1: all I can think about is players centre backs at the moment that I can put Luke Shaw
0: Graham Potter and a philosophy stone no- nice Bosh. nice. get that in your uh, your cookbooks but yeah um, yeah, we're seeing Ten Hag's philosophy come into play a lot, um, and it's a weird balance between free flowing and pragmatic football. We're seeing a lot of automatisms in his play, but it is more free flowing than the likes mm. sort of Antonio Conte's sort of style of play, um, and it's very effective. Casemiro, though, he is facilitating sort of he's not being that defensive destroyer that I think a lot of people thought he was going to be when he came in. And maybe looking back on it now, at Real Madrid, was he actually that sort of player? Because his passing range is unbelievable. Really good, yeah. Really good. We've seen him, was it against Everton as well, where he like hit sunk on the volley and it went just over the bar, like... Technically, he's there. He's
1: been contributing with goals recently. And that's, yeah, something that I I didn't know he had it in him. To he, get scored, it he
0: scored a banger at the World Cup, didn't he? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know he had
1: it in him to kind of get into that attacking position. And maybe he's got more of a license at United than he did at Real Madrid. I don't know. But, yeah, I think he is currently on form, probably the best DM in the league. Maybe him or Thomas Partey. And, um, yeah, I think he just allows the likes of Eriksen to push forward without having to worry. Bruno Fernandes, he hasn't been chipping in as much as I think he should be, but he's knitting the forward play together. And then, yeah, when you've got Rashford who in the form of his life at the moment. Yeah, it's all right for me.
0: Yeah, it's not not bad at all. And I've seen people saying that they might be having a little sneaky, under-the-radar title charge. We've got
1: some big games coming up. I know all, all the kind of top three, four teams have got some we're getting
0: up. to a schedule now where sort of they're beginning to start playing each other. Obviously, Man City got um, you. So may not have got Man City. Man City coming up uh, on Saturday, yeah. But then, yeah, the next couple of weeks you got the likes of them playing each other. You have got the likes of Tottenham playing Arsenal. You got uh, Arsenal City's coming up as well. You got them in the FA Cup. So yeah, there's, yeah. there's going to be some big clashes. Yeah, some interesting times. But um, yeah, I, I mean. There is no reason because I think Man United really on their day they could actually beat anyone mm. especially if Marcus Rashford is in that form because he is sort of he is unstoppable when he's in that sort of vein of form where because he is so direct he's so technically good he's so proficient in front of goal it's what you want in like a number nine but they've got him playing out wide and then the minute that they sort of take Martial off he moves into that central role and then two, yeah. like he occupies the two centre backs so they've got to deal with him so it's a really hard conundrum to sort of like, you can't really stop him. Do you know what I mean? He is unstoppable.
1: Yeah, he's looking good. I think he, um, he's their kind of gem, isn't he? he? He's the one that's contributing the goals and the assists. And then the defence and Casemiro is looking good. Be nice if they go into the market and get someone to take the attack of load off of, uh, off of Marcus Rashford.
0: No, keep it on, mate. He's or doing keep well it on with him it, if yeah. He's willing to he's, carry it. But mate, he's doing it. Yeah, but I we th- know that he can f- his form can falter. Yeah, I think they need which is a worry.
1: more going forward than just Rashford if they're going to have that title charge.
0: Do you think someone like Jar Felix would suit Man United more than Chelsea?
1: I think fucking my dead nan or sort suit um anyone more than Chelsea.
0: Because I mean, Chelsea need a goal scorer because the likes of Mount, Sterling, Pulisic... Uh, whoever else they want to play out wide, they're not getting the goals. But Man United have goals in the likes of Rashford, in particular. We know Bruno Fernandes can do it,
1: and he'd link up good with Xavi, yeah, Portuguese. And even
0: Anthony's coming up with a few goals here and there. I guess they've got Kashmiro who's decided to score goals, Ericsson as well. So they have they have goals in their central areas. Yeah. So maybe they need someone who can facilitate play a bit more rather than an out and out goal scorer, but. I, uh, I was listening to Tifo earlier and they were talking about um, the Wout Weghorst signing for May United, the potential signing anyway. Let's
1: talk about Wout Heggels. Yeah, talk
0: to me. Um, he Broke. So, Ten Hag, when he had that really good run at, at Ajax, with a tad, he played Dusan Tadic as like a sort of false nine. But yeah. he played him as a number nine. wasn't it a false nine. He played him as a number nine. Tadic got the record for most assists in a single season. Like, 49 or something like that? Fuck, 49? Cra- cra- I, well, I could be making that up, but he got a crazy amount of assists in the he's season. He pulled that right out of his ass. I, I. But, yeah. So, when he... And then in the second run, or was it the first one? he had Klasian Huntelaar sort of facilitate a role, and then he had... Um, Kasper Dolberg
1: And, um, fucking... What's the Sebastian the Haller. Haller, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, he's always, like, these sort of big... Not that Tadic was like massive, but he liked these sort of big number nines. Who and what uh, Tifo said was that they he likes them to pit so he creates space on the edge of the area by pinning that defense back because they they know the aerial threat is there. Mm. So maybe we are seeing him sort of bring in stuff from his previous um, experience yeah. at Ajax into the main United fold which wouldn't be a bad thing. I think Val Fekos was kind of dangerous at Burnley. He, yeah, he, he looked good in a lot of...
1: didn't realise, but I thought it was a really interesting stat. I think I saw it on Twitter somewhere. That in his time before he signed for Burnley, I don't know where he was. Was it the Eredivisie or Bundesliga? I can't remember where he was. But wherever he was prior to Burnley, he had the most pressures in the league, which you'd think, oh, he went to Burnley, he's just this big target man that you shove up front, not really pressing... But for him to have the most pressures in a league like the Eredivisie or the Bundesliga, he's definitely in one of those two. Um, so for him to have the most pressures in a league like that, where the pressing is so hectic, for him to have the most pressures, I think would bode well for Man United because Martial, when he plays up top, he's dog shit at pressing. And then um, Rashford, if he does play up top, is not very good at pressing either. So to have a pressing number nine that's a handful like, well, Weghorst
0: is quality. Most assists in the calendar year, Dusan Tadic thirty
1: seven assists. What did you say? Forty nine.
0: Yeah, I'm only twelve. I,
1: it's, it's close, but thirty seven's fucked.
0: Yeah, I, I, I forgot the number, but you know the knowledge was there. Yeah, it was there But, but um,
1: yeah. yeah, Weghorst. I think if he offers the kind of pressing game that his stats suggest and that I think Ten Hag would like a lot. I think it could be a good move. I think a lot of people banter in it. I am one who is bantering it.
0: But it's a good move. The merry-go-round that sort of surrounding this transfer is a bit weird though. So, <laughs> yeah. Valt is a Burnley player on loan at Besiktas yeah. where he's got like 10 goals in 23 appearances. a decent return. Um, but then Vincent Aboukaba has left Al-Nassar after Ronaldo joined in. And so, potentially what we might see is Valt Verkhorst return to Burnley, then Bukobar sign for Besiktas and Valt Verkhorst sign for United.
1: After Ronaldo left, After United Re- to go to al
0: It's all a bit sort of weird and incestuous. It's a bit... The game's strength. gone, mate. Burnley doing business with Besiktas, Al-Nassar and Man United. I wouldn't want to go to that bar. That's what I'm saying. Just a weird one.
1: Man United though, I think they're in a good space right now.
0: Mate, I think it's... It, it could.
1: I see a lot of people talking about how apparently they've been given no budget really and that's why they're doing loan signings. And a lot of Man United fans are kind of annoyed at the board for not backing Ten Hag after his really good start. Which is fair enough. But I think just give him time. They're not going to sack him. They've seen how good he is already. So just, if you're a Man United fan, don't get too greedy. Just kind of... Chill into it. Enjoy the ride. Yeah, Ten Hag's I'm... a quality manager. He's building what looks like definitely a top four squad. And So yeah, just, just chill, man. Just chill.
0: Is Would you rate Ten Hag higher than Graham Potter? Yeah. 100% because not even the amount of time they've had in the job. But like, Graham Potter I think has more to work with at his disposal and is seeing less results. I
1: just... I like Ten Hag's kind of authority and kind of um, his aura. He seems like someone that could get in a Casemiro or get in a Ronaldo and not be overwhelmed. He can be like, Ronaldo, fuck you, you scumbag, and kick him out. Whereas I'm worried that if Graham Potter was in that situation, say Man United hired Graham Potter,
0: he might bow to the pressure. He would bit. have
1: been like, Ronaldo, I'll do whatever you want, you king. But nah, I like Ten Hag was like, nah, fuck you, get out. I rate that in a manager. You want to be not scared of your manager, but you want to be like, "Fuck me, this guy means business." And if I don't buck up my ideas, he'll chuck me out. Yeah, I like that. All right. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, it, but but he's, yeah, he's, 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 fans, he's happy days. He's doing uh, he's doing a fantastic job, and I think it will continue. Um, before we take a break and then do our predictions, we're going to talk a little bit about Southampton. Honestly, I think they might be the worst team in the Premier League, and I think. Nathan Jones is the worst manager in the Premier League. I think in he's been in charge for, what, like four games, five games? Yeah. So and his I-
1: first game was against Liverpool, and Southampton didn't actually look that bad in that game. I think it was 3-1. And I was kind of like, ooh, maybe he's doing something here. And that's not a fun game to have as your first ma- uh, um, match in charge of a new team. And his first outing as a Premier League manager, that's like scary stuff. You think you'd build on that and it's just it's not been good.
0: Yeah, it's, it is. it is uh, He's a, I was listening to a couple of Southampton fans discuss Nathan Jones and he, I think after about three games Southampton fans are running way and charting they want him out basically which is crazy. It's not a good start. But I've seen
1: they signed Orsic from I think that's it? a bloody good sign. Yeah, that's a really good sign. I thought he'd so he battered Tottenham in the Europa League. Zagreb, right? Uh, yeah, from Zagreb. Yeah. And um, yeah, I thought he'd get like a, a kind of top tier team. At least top half. Premier yeah, yeah, I don't know. But it's a really good time. I signing. feel like he'd been really good for like, That is what West they hand. needed for a while as well is goals. They need a goal scorer.
0: Yeah, I mean, so they've got the likes of Che Adams. Che Adams and Adam Armstrong. Who, he's, he strikes him in a bit of the same vein as Ollie Watkins. Like really good in and around the box, but like can't seem to find consistent yeah, goal scoring yeah. form. They never really replaced Danny Ings. No. Um,
1: you see, apparently there's links that he might go back to Southampton.
0: Could be a good move for him. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm in. so these two Southampton fans were discussing how during the course of, like, the last three or four games, I can't remember how many they played now, but he must have tried about 20 different shapes. Oh, really? Nathan Jones. And all of it reverts just back to, like, long ball. That's and it just good. doesn't work. Yeah. And they 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 made some shrew signings and like one in particular is uh, Lavia from you know, uh, Man City. Yeah, they have
1: got some good players.
0: But like, it is just hope for a free kick and hope James Wall Prowse can deliver because he is he is on he fire. Is fucked a free kick. He's unbelievable. He might be the best free kick taker in the world.
1: Yeah, I back it.
0: But like, I, I don't really understand the the premise of it. Tifo, back again. We're talking about how. Y- Southampton potentially signing these young players, looking to become... And they've always sort of been a selling club. You look back at the days when Liverpool sort of raided them for Van Dijk and Mane and all that. But, like, I I just don't see how they stay in the Premier League this season. I I, I don't see three teams worse than them. But the only blessing is for them that they are only three points away from safety at the minute. And we're less than halfway through the season. I believe this game week will be game week 19 so we'll be halfway through every team will have played 19 games or so yeah but i just i don't think Nathan Jones is a premier league manager i think he done very well at luton i think they built an identity and they built a, like a, a team that was hard to beat and they had really good players and there was a really good philosophy about that club they're hard to beat mm. If you want to know sort of about the Luton philosophy, at, uh, or David Jones' philosophy at Luton, just look up the uh, ping pong table situation. That was uh, that's a bit of a mental one, but yeah, it's I don't. Some managers are really good at a club; they're really, really good at a club, and they potentially should stay there. Maybe like that huh? Graham Potter, yeah, potentially, and it it might give the same sort of vibes, but yeah, it's an interesting one. It's, uh, it's it, I, I just don't see him getting better, and I think. It could be bye-bye for the Saints. The Saints might be marching down. Oh, I like
1: that. Um, yeah, I agree. I think it's it's not looking good unless they get um, some decisive forwards in that are going to get them goals. Because they're all right. Their defence is okay. They're never really getting battered. It's just in the final third, they haven't got Premier League level. Because they say that the jump up to Premier League... It's the decision making that is the the biggest difference from like the championship.
0: Yeah, I mean the championship's got athletes and really good technical players, but yeah, it's But they make a lot more wrong decisions than Premier League players do. It's the decision making and the football IQ which I like, guess go hand in hand. That's
1: that is us. It should be board Draw, a football IQ podcast. But um yeah, it's all about making decisions correctly 99% of the time. That's why Pep Guardiola's teams are the best in the world, because he's just drilled into them. You're not better athletes than everyone. You're not technically that much better than everyone. But your football like you, he's got an elite level football like you, and he's got players. He's big the, brain that have, he's given them brain. He's the mega mind of Pep Guardiola. Has yeah. given his players brain.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a rogue one, that mate. But yeah, Southampton. But they're all
1: smart, and that's what the Southampton are lacking: the players with brain in the final third that are gonna make the right decision more times than not.
0: I think that's what it comes down to. But um gosh. but yeah, I think that sort of rounds up our sort of Premier League discussion. It's been it's been a big juicy one. Big juicy one. We're going to take a little short one and come back and hit you with our predictions and a little uh, final roundup. Yeah. See you in a minute. I've had to put a John Brown. He was chilly. The Shed is about it minus is cold. 6. It is cold. It's it. about minus 6. But He's got a hat on. Prediction time, baby. It is prediction time. Um we got a lot of predictions to get through again this week. We do. We'll start with double, one I mean.
1: that is technically in last week's game week, but we moved it to this week's because it actually takes place on Thursday. That is Fulham hosting Chelsea, two London boys, one in very good form, one in pretty shambolic form. What are you saying? Fulham at home to Chelsea? Not to Chelsea, hosting Chelsea. I
0: think if you look at it, you'd probably be stupid not to go for a Fulham win or a draw. You would. But I am stupid. I'm going for a 1-0 Chelsea. My guy, he's a sucker for pain. I think they were good in spells against City. Yeah, no, I'll back it. I think City's performance in the cup against them was better than City's performance in the league against them. Yeah, 100%. But, um, yeah, I just I feel like they might nick a result here. Might give Graham Potter some breathing. Going ones. for a juicy 1-1. Juicy 1-1. There's some noises going on outside. Yeah, right
1: I think the wind is doing one
0: on the outdoor.
1: But, um, yeah, 1-1 I'm going for.
0: Nice. What have we got next? Aston
1: Villa hosting Leeds.
0: So we've got Villa, who looked
1: decent under Emery. This is Friday night. Friday night football under the lights at Villa Park.
0: Oh, I haven't been too sold. they just on
1: Leeds. come off a stinker against Stevenage, where they were 1 0 up in the 88th minute, and then they conceded two in two minutes to go out the FA Cup.
0: Did you see um, in the Leeds game as well the goalkeeper, uh, sorry, the defender? Who are they playing? Leads in the. Can't but yeah, one of the def- uh, well, Cardiff, and the Cardiff uh, defender did little off the line with his hand, saved it with his hand. Oh, got sent off, and then did the keeper saved it. Luis Ayers' oh, man. I did not see that, man. and then uh, they beat Cardiff anyway. Come on, but yeah, um, interesting game. Yeah, good game. I think I might go for Villa though. I'm going to go for a Villa. I'm going to go for a one nil Villa win.
1: Cool. One nil again. Gone for a couple of stinkers to start the weekend. Um, I'm going to go for a goal fest. I'm going to go 2-2. Ooh. Yeah. Friday night football, that'd be juicy. And then that leads us in to one of the juiciest fixtures on the calendar every year, every time you, you get the Premier League fixtures. You're like, when's the North London derby? When's the Manchester derby? When's City-Liverpool? We're talking Manchester United in very, very good form. No losses, like you said earlier, since the World Cup ended. And they're hosting Man City. What are you saying? Early kickoff?
0: I'm going two all.
1: Two all? I think. Ten Hag ball.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I I just have a feeling, mate. Two all.
1: I think as good as Man United have been, they haven't played anyone that exciting since the um, kind of resumption of the Premier League. Who do they play? They played Wolves, where they scraped to one nil, and then battered Bournemouth. So it's kind of like iffy. And then they played Everton. So they haven't played anyone, anyone even close to the calibre of Man City. So I think they're going to be in for a bit of a shock. And I think Man City are going to do
0: them 3-1. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, we go to the Amex next. And it's actually quite an interesting game because... Was one of the first tests against Liverpool?
1: Yeah, I think so, actually.
0: Um, and I've been quite impressed with Brighton under I De How was De it when Trosso got the f- fucking hat-trick, was it? It might have been. Um, but yeah I've been quite impressed with the Zerby with, uh, ball probably hasn't got all the results that he may, might have deserved no
1: they they got battered by Arsenal but in their kind of like last half an hour period of that game they had Arsenal scared so they, they have it in them to battle it with the big boys
0: yeah and Liverpool have been some games they look electric and they look like the Liverpool of old and then other games it just doesn't go it's for thick, them yeah. and I don't really think they know their best back four at the minute Mm. I think the midfield is not great. I think Tired, Fabinho is yeah. not the player he was last, like the last couple yeah. of seasons. Like, you can't be starting Harvey Elliott in midfield, unfortunately. Too lightweight for me. He's, he's, not, he's not a midfielder. He's a. He plays out wing or Mate, he doesn't I'd play. I'd
1: fucking give him the barge into next week.
0: But we might see the likes of Cody Gapos start. Yeah, think he looked all right. I think Nunez, might Craw's right and some problems I, I, and i think that he's getting a lot of stick for his inability to finish chances but he is there or thereabouts. he's one
1: of those like players that f- will finish hard chances like the one that he scored in the fa cup where trent played that absolute diamond ping to him and he called it on the volley into the far post he'll smash that easy but then fucking one where he's one on one he's got the entire goals to aim at it'll drill it wide yeah he's one of those weird players
0: um, but, but he's I, a problem causer I fancy Liverpool to win this I'm going to go for a 2-0 Liverpool
1: yeah I like that like I said I think I say this every time I do the predictions whenever I predict about Spurs or whenever I predict about Liverpool gonna concede. they're going to concede for me and I think this game will be no different but I'm going to go 2-1 to Liverpool
0: yeah fair enough um, oh, battle of the Steakers, we asked for this <laughs> oh we did I we asked. we asked I didn't realise this on. is coming up
1: Come on, what a game. Frank
0: Lampard versus Nathan Jones. Frank Lampard could get sacked after, what, half a season? Yeah. And Nathan Jones could be sacked after about five games. Fucking hell, yeah. But um, It's a relegation six-pointer. It's got goals in it, mate.
1: Yeah, both teams stink, man.
0: Just, yeah, terrible teams. Terrible football. Uh, I'm going to go for A. I don't know. I'm I back don't... in Everton, I think. Yeah, I, was, I wanted to back Everton, but I, I just... Somewhere along the lines that one of them is going to fuck it up. I'm going to go for a... I'm going to go for a 1-0, actually. 1-0? Yeah,
1: 1-0. I'm going to go 2-1 Everton.
0: Yeah, I, I mean... Think. Oh, dude, they're just both so shit. Um, we've got a derby coming up. A big derby. Nottingham Forest derby, versus Leicester. Um, Leicester, sort of, before the break, had a little bit, a little bit of a resurgence. But they've come um, back a bit stinky. Come back a bit stinky. Yeah, it's just it's just not it is it your tournament went from playing in the World Cup yeah to playing was it Gillingham in the FA Cup <laughs> yes. Do hard to Gillingham yeah. that's uh yes that's something um forest look all right though forest look all right but good, good I point I th-
1: against Chelsea and then what was it they won one nil against Southampton so that's not bad uh, I just
0: I I I think this is as good as their season gets yeah yeah I think it's as good as their season gets. I think they're going to end up in the bottom three by the end of it. Ooh. That's a prediction. But that is. yeah, I'm going to go here for a 2-1 Leicester win.
1: Yeah, I think if you asked me kind of, I don't know, before the World Cup hit, I'd be like, yeah, Leicester, they're, they're on that kind of climb from being definitely the worst team in the league when it was like starting. But they were on a climb. But they've come back and... It's just not doing it for me. And I think Nottingham Forest have come back and they look solid. Morgan Gibbs-White is, do you see, what it was the Chelsea game. Do you see we got the volley at the edge of the box that smashed the crossbar. Fuck me if that went in. He's a good, good player. He's a good player. Yeah. And he seems to be knitting their attacking play together so nicely. And I think it'll be a tight game. I'm going to go 1-1. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you say, Leicester? Two.
0: I said a two one or two 0 no, I can't remember, but Leicester going to win. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, we got uh, Julian Lopetegui's Wolves versus West Ham. I have been fairly impressed by the, them.
1: Yeah, I like Lopetegui's um, Wolves and David Moyes. I'm seeing calls for him to go out. Yeah, I just go out I, the door, mate.
0: There is no player in that in that attack, uh, sorry West Ham attack that really excites me. I think Rama's average.
1: Bowen his drop off is crazy. Average. Um, I saw people saying he was like the best winger in the league at one point. I think Paquetta's
0: a good player. But Declan the- Rice is obviously a good player. Yeah. I think Skamaka could be a good player. I think Mikel Antonio I just don't I don't even know what to say about him.
1: Yeah, just nothing's working at the moment.
0: Yeah, defensively then like they they're not
1: they're not getting battered, but they're just they're just losing games 1-0, 2-1, and that'll just keep happening. They are the so they, so they good. are
0: the most like Leeds are mediocre, yeah. But West Ham are the most they, like they would be like your Nans teams, like just don't <laughs> want to do anything. Just You're now with
1: loads of just, cotton of Just
0: sat there watching the world go by. Oh, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Because I, they're, not, they're not exciting to watch and I, I feel for the West Ham fans after the sort of journey they've been on the last couple of years. But yeah, the drop-off is sad, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, maybe it might be a big January, but...
1: I, uh, I feel like they've splashed so much cash and they must be I in don't the back of their mind thinking qualified if enough. we don't get European football and we've splashed the amount that we have, it could be like problems.
0: I just don't feel qualified enough to give a statement on whether David Moore should be sacked or not, but...
1: I do, get him out. No, I, just, I like David Moore. I,
0: I could see it for both ways. But yeah, I think this might be a little bit of a stinker game. But I, I think it might be a draw. I'm going to go for a nil-nil. Nil-nil. I'm going to go 1-0 Wolves. 1-0 Wolves, yeah. yeah. Back in Lopetegui's I am indeed. men.
1: I like what they did against Man United. They were unlucky to lose that game. And then... I can't remember what their game after that was. It was... A 1-1 against Villa. Oh, no, that was it, yeah. So yeah, I, I like what Lopetegui's doing.
0: Yeah, I think he... he could turn out to be a shrewd signing as a manager and following that up we've got Brentford versus Bournemouth late kickoff on fucking Saturday Brentford versus Bournemouth yeah
1: that's whack
0: what a load of shit that is that should have been Bright Liverpool I think but you know is what it is but yeah Brentford versus Bournemouth Um, I think Bournemouth will also explode and be in the bottom three I could probably make up who my bottom three is going to be
1: yeah it's one of those where like when they lost Scott Parker and Gary O'Neill was doing the kind of um, the biz, the business as kind of a temporary manager, it was good. I think they had like five games, four wins, one loss, or something like that. And you're thinking, give him the permanent job. But now he's got the permanent job. That kind of sparkle was definitely dissipated. And they're on like a bit of a nightmare run at the moment. And I feel like when you're on a nightmare run... One of the teams you don't want to get is Brentford. Cause they're, they're just consistent. They're fucking... They'll slap anyone these days.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't. There was rumours that Tony was going to be back for the last game. But he was in the stands. I don't know if he'd be back for this game, but mm. the likes of Mbamo and uh, Whistler as well, they've good. been quite impressive in the last few games. So I don't see getting any bet for Bournemouth. I'm going to go for a 2 nil to Brentford.
1: Yeah, I like that. I'm gonna go 3-0 to Brentford.
0: 3-0, you're backing the Bees from Hounslow.
1: Indeed. Yeah, I am indeed.
0: Uh, moving on to Sunday, we've got London derbies. We've gap. actually got three good games here, actually. I I would I would like to say. I'd like to point out. We've got Chelsea versus Crystal Palace. Interesting one here. Uh I back Chelsea to beat Fulham.
1: I back them to draw. Or lose. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. This is literally up.
0: the level we're at right now. It's <laughs> been a long episode. But, um... Palace a, are looking... Palace crap. are looking dire. Yeah. Um, they got a result against Southampton, didn't they? Yeah. And then they got absolutely battered by Spurs in that second half. I I don't know. I think Palace started the season really well. I think they have great players, but I don't know what's sort of gone wrong. Mm. I, yeah, think, I don't know why weird. Joel Nye is playing. There's no, like, kind
1: of correlation to where it's gone wrong, because... All the players that were doing so well last season are still playing. You don't know what to attribute the kind of drop in form to. It's weird.
0: Yeah. Um, I think maybe I'm going to go for a back to back Chelsea win, though. I'm going to go for a 3 1 Chelsea.
1: No, I do think Chelsea will win this game. I'm going to go
0: 2 0 Chelsea. Um, Going up to oh, no, Geordie Land. Newcastle. Newcastle. St. James's Park. Really good game here, actually. Newcastle yeah. versus Fulham. Two really good teams. I uh, suspect they'll probably be teams that no one would expect to be in the positions they are right now. Mm-hmm. But I think Fulham might struggle here.
1: I think when you go to St. James's and you take on a a fiery Newcastle, it's a hard day, friend. Uh-huh.
0: Alexander Isaac's back. Um, yeah. Started in their loss against Sheffield Wednesday, I believe. Um, but yeah, I, I just... I think Newcastle will come out winners here. I'm going to go for a 2-1 Newcastle.
1: I like that. I'm back in a clean sheet for Newcastle. I'm going to go 2-0.
0: Big one. Big one to end Sunday. Spurs versus Arsenal at the new Tottenham Stadium. This could be a big one because I I think on paper... Currently the best team in England against Spurs. Yeah, literally. I think on paper, you'd have Arsenal to win this all day down. We slap them. As Ty has said before from Arsenal Fan TV shout out form goes out the window it does form does form go out, goes the window. out the window but oh, this, this could be a hard one I'm going to go 1-0 no Arsenal
1: I reckon we slapped them. I'm going 3-1 I'm
0: going res- to rescind that oh. I'm going to rescind that
1: oh. <sighs> he's rescinded it
0: <laughs> I'm going for a 1-0 draw
1: 1-0 draw you stinker Harry Kane he's fucking done it again they'll get a pen watch his face they'll get a pen because great, no not Greg Craig Porson is the referee and he is a top-tier fuckhead.
0: I'm just trying to imagine it in my head who's going to score for Spurs. And it's I've, Harry Kane-Penn. I'm, 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 it. it. it.
1: I'm not a betting man, but Harry Kane-Penn.
0: Four names have popped into my head, which is almost half their starting 11, yeah. but I'm seeing Perisic, Dyer, Kane and Uff. Um So yeah, 3-1, one
1: 0 one one, and then we move into some midweek games. I assume they're just slotting in some... Yeah, Have you seen United in... I the think FA Cup.
0: The ten... FA Cup. The FA apologised to them.
1: Yeah, they got 10, ten days. They've got four games. Yeah, the that's FA actually wild.
0: apologised to United formally for slotting this game in.
1: So, Palace United.
0: United, 10, four game, I was about to say ten games in four days. Yeah, that's something four you've got games, to take into account, isn't four it? Four games yeah. in 10 days. Could see a little bit of rotation here. Yeah, I still think they have too much for Crystal Palace. I'm going to go for a 1-0 win.
1: I'm going to go for a 1-1. I think Palace always do all right against United. So yeah, with Rezaa doing yeah, a little yeah. bit of
0: biz against the former club. And then to round it up. Another big game. Spurs. Another big game. City. Spurs got Arsenal and then City. Yeah, North London Derby and then big. going to the Etihad.
1: Yeah, so they're going to the Etihad. Spurs, last season, beat City twice. Yeah. So, it's not
0: as cut, black and white as um, it, might seem. it might seem. What are you saying? But Spurs also last season were better than they are this <laughs> yeah, season. Yeah, Spurs, are- Spurs. had like the most points since like, Conte took yeah, over like, yeah. last season, didn't they? I'm just going in. I'm going 3-0 City. Yeah, I'm going 3-1 City. I think Harry Kane might be like, ooh, you could have had me instead of Harden. But yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but, yeah but yeah, I think Olof that Olof rounds it. a
1: hat-trick, but Harry Kane gets one. And he's like, oh, you yeah. could have had me. Yeah, he does the fucking slide <laughs> celebration. He does <laughs> the uh, Harry Maguire. Yeah. Like that.
0: Yeah. Um But yeah, that rounds <laughs> uh, up our predictions for this week. Yeah, boy. Uh, before we end off the episode, though, we'd like to just give a shout-out to HLTCO, He's made the leap to YouTube, so shout to YouTube. out you for yeah, making that them. leap.
1: It's always a bit like, kind of, you're always a bit like, oh, putting my face on YouTube. It's never, it's never like an easy step to make. But so yeah, fun some, to see you on
0: yeah, it. If some for some reason you're subscribed to us and I'm not, not to Dan yeah. at HRTCO, first of all, give your head a wobble, and then second of all, go to his channel subscribe because he does fantastic content and check out his twitter as well uh and his patreon because he literally does he gives out so much content for free gives out does a patreon yeah he, hopped on every with us, which day. he
1: didn't need to do at all we was like right at the beginning of our kind of like a uh, podcasting journey and he hopped on and had a chat with us which he really didn't need to do so yeah shout out him Shout yeah. out what he's doing. He literally does
0: a podcast every day. Yeah, it's crazy. I think it's about 20 minutes uh, and it's like £2 a month.
1: Yeah, it's crazy yeah. That ma- value for money. He's a top lad. Um, and, yeah. So yeah, check him out. He's on YouTube now, which is
0: sick. Yeah, so shout out Dan. Congratulations. Uh, hopefully we can have you on soon. But um, yeah, anyway guys, thanks for watching. This has been a massive episode. We're, we just hit the hour 30 mark on it's our recording. It's been chunky, boys. It's been chunky. We had a lot to talk about. But um, yeah, we'll be back hitting you regularly on your devices. Follow our TikTok, man.
1: We are making loads of TikToks. And if, if you don't want to see it for an hour and a half of us just chatting shit, hop over to our TikTok because it's like 30 seconds of us chatting shit. So it's better.
0: Condensed shit. Exactly. is what's happening.
1: I actually need to go for a shit. So let's...
0: Yeah, let's round this up. Let's Thank you guys up. for watching. It's been board draw. Shout out Art of Football for the uh, the top. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Come on. It's um, been board draw. Lots of love.
0: And it's live.